For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit. And, like, I want to ask you a question tonight, and we're not even going here. Some of you that know this next few passages, a lot of preachers in here, you're like, man, he's about to hammer us tonight with these scriptures. And I'm telling you, I'm not about to hammer anything because we need to be hammering the devil and not hammering each other, okay? So, so relax. When you, when, you know, if, if I saw a preacher like Brother Frost, if he took Romans 8, 5 text, I'd be like, oh, Lord, <laughs> I'm going to be at the altar repenting tonight. And I think that we'll be at the altar tonight. I, I text out to just a few people, and I, I was trying to think of who all I knew that just could look at their phone and was like, let's pray for tonight. I'm expecting change. Amen. Great change. If you walked in here and you weren't even thinking about it, that's awesome because we got you now. I got a clock in front of me now, and we'll, we'll know when to shut it down and give the Holy Spirit the altar. I'm, I'm, I think you might have walked in tonight not expecting what you're about to get. So it's amazing. So just stay with me. For they that are after the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, and I just want to ask you, and this has nothing to do with it, but I want you to grab this and take an inventory. Are you after the Spirit? I don't even think if you polled most Christians, if you said, hey, do you walk in the Spirit? I don't think most Christians would have a clue what that means. I think you would get answers like, oh, I think I spoke in tongues at a youth camp one time. And it, that's nothing to do with it. I, I think we really as a church are missing Romans 8. And listen, everybody in this room knows Romans 8.1. There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. It doesn't stop there. The verse 1 says, but those that don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So why is most of the church under condemnation? Because they're not in the Spirit. They're not walking after the Spirit. They don't even know they're supposed to walk after the Spirit. Thank you for that one amen in this Presbyterian church, Halls. You'll probably be fined at the end of service. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. Right in the middle of Alabama, Texas A&M showdown. For to be carnally minded is death. And we're just going to let the foot just soak and I'm not going to say anything else. But to be spiritually minded is life. And if you look at that word, it doesn't just mean like I'm living every day. It means like abundant life. It means better than everybody around you. It doesn't mean your circumstances are better. It means that what you have on the inside, walking according to the Spirit, means no matter if you kill me, burn me, stab me, no matter what happens to me, my home is in heaven for eternity. This life is a vapor. That's all it is. And I'm focused on being with Jesus Christ forever. That kind of life. And on top of that, what most of us are, have avoided is peace, a promise. Most people, if you say, man, you got to walk after the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, I might have to do this, 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 and this. There's no fun there. There's no. That's a lie. There's peace. That's what everybody wants in their life. I just want peace. I even love the Bible says, hey, if you'll submit everything going on in your life to prayer, you don't have to be anxious. And then if you submit it in prayer, the peace of God that passes your understanding. God, I shouldn't have peace here. But I do. Amen. You know, Bethany and Ron, she had to, she's sick and he had to work. I watched them as their father was deteriorated with cancer. But I saw... Peace. 
when they shouldn't have peace. I saw every time that it would seem like that was going to break her, she would connect again to the Spirit of God whose life and peace, and all of a sudden this resolve would come over, the power of the Holy Spirit, and she would know a peace that passes her own brain. And I just remember thinking, I've married the greatest woman in the world. She is a rock. I couldn't say that if she wasn't here. She'd be so mad at me. There's peace, guys. Look at verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. God, help us. We don't want to look at that and really read that. I'm not even on my subject yet. I'm just opening it up, warming it up. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Verse 8. Did I give you 8? Yeah. And this is where I want you to look with me. So then they that are in the flesh, there's no way for people in the flesh to please God. I didn't say that. When Jonathan Lankford walks in the flesh... He does not please God. And I, I, I look around, I know you guys. Everybody in this room wants to please God. So I'm going to just share something with you. Y'all pray for me, okay? I, I start to feel, I'm feeling something in the room tonight. I feel revival spirit. Man, that revival, I got renewed on the inside. I got worn down like an old shoe every night after work up here till 10 o'clock and eating garbage I'm not supposed to be eating late. But on the inside, I feel renewed. And tonight, I'm telling you, some of you came here tired and worn down and broken, and you're going to leave refreshed and revived because I promise you, the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. I'm going to preach this to you, and I've asked the Holy Spirit to help me. I need him. I've asked him to come tonight, but it's more than the word. When we preach the word, he's going to do the power up here. Some of you need some power back in your life. Look, but I need you to grab your mind on this. If you're in the flesh, you can't please him. So let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you that you just have your way, Lord. Anointing of God, come, Father. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Let your love flow in this place, Holy Spirit. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So... I'm going to go to 11 through 15 in a second, but go to Galatians 3.3 3, real quick. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? So let me tell you how this sermon came about. We're in the middle of a series. I, you probably don't know that, but we're in the middle of a series called Selfie Series, Who You Really Are in Christ. And I wake up one morning... And I've probably been more frustrated than I've ever been in my entire life. I felt like my home life, we couldn't get pregnant, so I'm stagnant. I felt like my work life, I have a college degree to be a glorified teller. No offense to tellers, but I didn't go to college to be a teller. And I'm stagnant. I feel like at my church life, I've been at the same church for 16 years, and I really thought we would be somewhere other than here. Like I thought, that we would have thousands. And listen, I told somebody the other day, what the, I said, I really believe that there's coming a day where evangel grows to a thousand. And 
it was so funny. This is member of the church was like, I, I don't think what, no. And I thought, well, hope you're going to make that. But I doubt the, the, the grasshopper spirit probably is not going to enter the promised land. Come on, I'm seeing that it's not about the number of people. It's about this city alone is filled with hurting people. So I don't want it for the numbers. I want us to start running. So I'm so frustrated. Back to the story. Every area of my life, I feel like the devil has a wall. Okay? And I told you all a couple weeks ago, God spoke to me that we're coming out of this season. The season's about to end. I'm excited. I feel that. I think we're going to be pregnant soon. And I'm really pumped about that. You all probably hear me over preach that a lot. But it's okay. We've waited a long time. But... So I'm frustrated. And on the inside, worse than all of that frustration, I see something that I can't stand the same way you do. I see every single way that Jonathan Langford is unlike Jesus Christ. I see that sometimes his anxiety gets up so much that he becomes a bear. And he's like, I love the people. I don't even know why I'm acting this way. It's because he's so anxious and got so much anxiety before he preaches. People think I just walk up here and do this. Man, I almost have to go to the restroom every time before I come in here. I'm so nervous. This is a, this is a scary thing to talk for God. I take it very seriously. I haven't just got up here and got you something from my brain I've heard from God tonight. So I'm in the middle of that and I see, okay, I'm too quick to judge. I'm too quick to open my mouth. I'm too quick to, I'm just, I mean, so I've got everything is around me. And then I've got the list of where me and Christ differ and the gap is huge. And I'm so exhausted from trying to fix that guy. Some of you are there. I woke up about a week and a half ago. And I wrote it down. The Spirit of God spoke to me as clear as I'm talking to you. And he said, you are perfecting the flesh. Yes. It was, I don't know, people around me can tell. It was like 50,000 tons of anxiety and pressure and everything just fell off me. And I realized, are you so foolish, Galatians 3.3, Jonathan, that when the day you got saved, the Spirit of God did all the work. You accepted. He changed you. He changed your heart. He changed the way you love. He reminded you of people that you had grudges against and you got chances to go make it right. You didn't have to pray. You wanted to make it right because he did it. Are you so foolish, Jonathan, that you started in the spirit and you're going to perfect the flesh? Listen, it's called behavior modification. That is what's going on in the church. I shouldn't listen to this. I shouldn't drink this. I shouldn't talk this way. I shouldn't this because that's what we're supposed to do. That is garbage. Straight garbage. Well, I should act this way because I'm a Christian. No, you should act this way because the Spirit of God is inside of you. And you're not trying to behave your modification. I'm going to try to quit smoking. I'm going to try to quit drinking. Listen, when I was bound by drugs and alcohol and I got saved, the only thing that could free me wasn't a patch, wasn't a pill. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know what he had to do? He had to deal with my flesh. I didn't want to stop doing that stuff. He had to work on me and work on me and work on me. He did it. He did it in you. Some of you had profane mouths. And all of a sudden you got from the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. He changed your heart completely. 
And now we've become civilized Christians and we've gone deep into God. And so there can't be anything wrong with us. I can't, I can control my own temper. Now listen, when, I, when God spoke this to me, I thought I was going to teach this or not. Some of you like you're eating a sour grape. I don't know why. But I thought this place was going to get rocking. Because all of a sudden, it hit me, Adam. Wait a minute. Why am I pushing the wagon? Because his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Why, why am I trying to fix Jonathan? I've never been able to fix Jonathan. If I could fix Jonathan, the cross was unnecessary. Hello? Listen. You guys get with me on this. Look in your inside. See how much frustration you've made for yourself because you say Christians are this cookie-cutter mode and I'm like this and I'm trying to force myself into a mode. Listen, just get the Holy Spirit in your heart. Just get Him a hold of you. Ask Him tonight. I'm telling you we're going to pray for people, but I want you to say from now on, God, I'm not changing myself. I'm not working on myself. I give myself to the Holy Spirit again. I'm going to be after the Spirit. I'm going to let the Spirit give His fruit to me, which is love, joy, peace. I'm going to let His Spirit give gifts to me. I am going to relax and let God really make me who He wants to be. I'm not going to just modify my behavior. I'm scared. There's a lot of people sitting in churches. They're saying, well, I don't do this and I don't do this. They don't even know the Jesus behind it. How can I ask you to walk where I've walked if you don't know the Jesus I know? That's why you don't hear me preach about a lot of things. There's so many things to cover in this room. That's where the Holy Spirit will convict you. It tells me a lot of times when I see Facebook posts, the people don't have the Holy Spirit or they wouldn't say stuff. Because see, life in peace, sometimes saying nothing makes for peace. And if the Spirit's in control, Amen. what I tried to do when I had a Facebook was just, once again, <laughs> modify my behavior. Well, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't just state the obvious truth here. <laughs> this is what I should do as a Christian. It doesn't work that way. We have to get back to original repentance and a new birth in our heart. Amen. Oh, foolish evangel. You started in the spirit and now you're perfecting yourself in the flesh. But see, I thought in the flesh you couldn't please God. So if I'm in the flesh, I can't please him. But if I've let the spirit have his way, I can. You know, we, we sing a song. Oh, Holy Spirit, just burn like a fire. Consume me. I don't even think we understand what we're singing. Here in your presence, Lord, I surrender. What are they surrendering? Everything. Their control of fixing or modifying their behavior. I knew everybody wasn't going to shout. I, I, so here's what I did. I said, God, you've spoke to me. You told me I'm fixing me. And by the way, when he told me that and I gave him control, every single day has been better and better and better. And things that I wanted out of my life for so long are now out to the glory of God. Amen. Some of you have, we call them what, character flaws? 
that you've been trying to modify your behavior and let your flesh fix it, and I'm not going to do this and this. Let the Holy Spirit just burn like a fire. Ask him to come. So I'm like, Lord, i got to have a little more than these few verses. And here's what, here's what kind of he gave me. I'm going to go back to Romans 8, 11 through 15, and then we're going to go to Ezekiel 37. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall revive your mortal bodies by the spirit, leave that, that dwells in you. So you read that and you're like, in the King James, it's kind of confusing. And you're like, something's happening and there's going to be a quickening. And I don't understand what it's saying. Remember, he's talking about the flesh. If I ask everybody in here, do you believe that Jesus Christ on the third day, the power of God raised him from the dead? You would say, yes, because we're in the South and everybody says that. Even the people, everybody at Walmart right now would tell you, yes. And then if I said, Evangel Church... Do you believe that the same spirit that raised him from the dead is now in you and it will raise your, the spirit man above the flesh man? Do you believe that that resurrection power is now with you? That every sin and every bondage and every stronghold that's inside of you will now submit to the awesome power of God's Holy Spirit? Then why are we living the way we're living? Because we don't believe it. There's resurrection power flowing through us. It's more than a feeling. It's more than speaking in tongues. It's more than all that. It's a communion with the awesome power of God that he gave us as a free gift through the blood of Jesus. Look at, look at verse 12. Therefore, anytime you see therefore, it's like, hey, behold, in the Old Testament. This is where you should take notes. That's what he's saying. We are debtors not to live after the flesh because of what Jesus did, but to live, um, but li- to live after, not, debtors not to live, sorry, after the flesh, but to live after the, um, live after the flesh. I messed that up so bad. <laughs> we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Verse 13. Gosh. For if you live after the flesh, look at this, you shall die. And this is my point where I want to go with this. But if you through the Spirit... Listen, that word mortify, you know what it means in the Greek? I looked it up. I was expecting something cool and awesome here. It just means to kill. It means just to to completely destroy the deeds of the body. You know who's trying to destroy the deeds of most of us? Ourselves. We're trying to get our flesh under control by using the flesh on the flesh. If that makes any sense. When When God began to show me this, I thought, wow, That's my problem. I'm not letting the Spirit kill me. Listen, when the Spirit's in control, you don't have to say, oh, I'm going to try to turn the other cheek. Look at the guys in the Bible. The Spirit was in control. They are pelting rocks off these dudes, and they are saying, please, don't lay it to their charge. That is not behavior modification. That is a new creation in Jesus Christ. Listen, we can try, well, I'm going to try not to gossip. I'm going to try not to backbite. No, get the power of God in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and mortify you and kill you. You'll be surprised how many times your tongue stays silent when the Holy Ghost is in control of it. Who can tame the tongue, James said? No man, exactly, but a God can. 
The Holy Spirit can tame your tongue. You know, you start talking about tongues, everybody gets, oh. Yeah, when the Holy Spirit comes and you're after him, do you realize everything we say is supposed to bring life? That's why he says you're going to be judged for every idle word. That scares me to death. And I'm like, okay, so Jesus said that. I believe that. So I've got to let the Holy Spirit take care of me. I've even, in my mind lately, seen things. It's like God just set it up to show me that the more I surrender to his Holy Spirit, things happen where I would normally have a little sarcastic comment and I just sat quiet. Nothing even came. I didn't have to modify who I was. It wasn't there anymore because the spirit of life and peace was there. Let me, let me hit it home and I'll, I'll go to where I want to go. You know, you know how many Christians in this room, me included, spend so much time praying that we could pray more and read more and love God more? You can put that down. Oh, God, we come down here. Help me pray more. I'm going to do it in the flesh. Let me tell you what flesh prayer looks like. It's like, dear God, squirrel. Everything that happened in the room, everything you should be doing tomorrow. I was trying to pray tonight, going down the road, and my mind was like, I'm going to corporate tomorrow. I got to wear a suit. Hope this is pressed. I'm going to wear this. I'm going to wear. And it, it was distracting me to the point where I had to say, No, Holy Spirit, I want you to help me pray. I want you to help me read. There's, listen, this is where it starts to get real practical. It's more than just strongholds. Everybody in this room has spent time praying, I want to pray more. You ever pray, I want to love more. I want to witness more. I want to more, more, more. No, you don't. The Holy Spirit does. There's some of you that have things in your life that you've been fighting for a long time. If you'll tonight give it to the Holy Ghost, you'll see how easy it just crumbles. God, don't let me sit in front of the TV too much. Just give it to him and all of a sudden you'll find out you don't want it. The Holy Spirit is truth, by the way. I'm serious. He will show you what you should be doing rather than what you are doing. And he'll actually change your heart to where you want to do it. There's so many Christians that are like, I will pray more. And it's so fleshly and they are so sincere and they're sincerely wrong. That was me. Before he spoke to me. And see, when you're praying all that stuff and you're trying to fix yourself, you can't even really get into the Spirit, if you read Romans 8, and start praying the things of God for people. All your prayer becomes selfish about the flesh and how to feed the flesh and get with the flesh. Why do you think he wrote and said, you, you pray prayers and they don't get answered because you're trying to consume them with your flesh? You think that happened overnight? That was one of the greatest churches in the pl on the planet. And all of a sudden, they become so flesh-oriented. Easy to do, isn't it? The church at Galatia, you started in the spirit, now you're in the flesh. Man, do you, do you know how much that would bother me if John Loper, who's our past, Apostle Paul, or Ed Wilson or somebody, wrote a letter to the evangel and said, man, you guys started so good in the spirit when there was only 23 of you and it was burn orange shag. 
Boy, y'all started. We are after the Holy Spirit. Now you think you're made perfect through the flesh. What keeps people at your church? Is it going to be the things that please their flesh or is it going to be because the living spirit of God grabs them? He doesn't need any help, by the way. I would hate that letter to be pinned to me. You think the church at Galatia had a prayer meeting? I bet they did. I bet they were some soul searching. I was hoping Anna's here, but she's sick too. One of the scriptures when we were growing as a church, at this church that always, I'm telling you, no matter who came in and started helping us work in this area, the Holy Spirit would speak to them the scripture in Zechariah that says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. You listen to me. If we're going to grow, if we're going to reach people, if we're going to see lives change, it's not by power, which is your flesh, or your own might, behavior modification. It's by the Spirit. If you're in the praise band, it's not how awesome you are. It's about how awesome He is. It's about not just good music. It's about anointed music. It's by the Spirit of God leading us into the very presence of Christ. I love looking on the stage and singing musicians when they're not playing their instrument, worshiping God. It tells me they're after Him. If you're teaching or you're doing anything and you're witnessing, you've got to have the Holy Spirit. It can't be done in the flesh. I watched a lesbian priest today in Birmingham, became one of, of Avondale Church, try to tell us she preaches every single week from the same Bible we preach from. And she tried to tell us, she was in this news article, that everything in the New Testament completely says her lifestyle is A-OK. And we're all like, oh, well, she just had a lot. That's gay lesbian, blah, blah, blah. I wonder how many things we do. They, she teaches out of the same Bible. I don't know how she reads Romans 1 or Galatians 5 in the New Testament. She better be glad we're not under the Old Testament because she'd already be stoned. That's what I thought. That's my sarcastic side. I'm just thinking, wow, she's referring to the New Testament like it's not right there. And then I thought, wait a minute, though. I wonder about us. I wonder how many things we do that's just going through the motions. There's no spirit behind it. Well, I just come to church at Evangel on Sundays, and, you know, that's my thing. I'll swing in and swing out, and it's just going through the motions. That's not it. That's not it. Ezekiel 37. How many of you guys before this goes up knows what this is about to say? Raise your hand. It's the Valley of Dry Bones. So when I was praying about, God, I need more than two text scriptures in the New Testament, I began to pray and ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to say tonight. And he led me to this. And it just, it was like, yes. So look at this. The hand of the Lord was upon me carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by around about them. And behold, they were very many in an open valley. Look at this though. They were very dry. Stop that. People say the, the Bible's boring. How is this boring? I mean, this is like 
amazing. So God takes his man, he plops him down in a place like, we've seen enough science fiction movies, we can probably picture this now. There's bones everywhere. And he's like, they're not just like old bones, they're like dried, crusty bones. Number one, I want to say to you, there's been a million times in the last 16 years here that I could relate to that text. I walked in here because I was trying to please God with my flesh. I was trying to do everything right. I was trying, I was trying, I was trying to the point I became nothing but a worthless, crusty bone. I was a shell of who I was supposed to be. Look at verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, <laughs> I love Ezekiel. Because, you know, you're expecting this great faith. And he's like, Lord, I, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't have a clue. I love those times in my life. I love God's questions. You should go through the Bible and look at every time God asks somebody a question. Boy, it taught him a lot. I love it. Where are you, Adam? You don't think God knew where Adam was? What are you doing here, Elijah? You don't think there was a lesson in the question? He's asking him. And I'll show you why he asked him in just a little bit. God showed me this. Verse 4. And he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay skin upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath, look, Put breath in you. You got to get this to get what I'm saying or not. And you shall live. Breath is life. Everybody good with that? And you shall know that I'm the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Behold, a shaking. And the bones came together bone to bone. Now stop. This is the camp experience. So many people through revivals and through camps we start preaching and things start popping back into place and they start thinking this is really what God is all about and they get all stirred up and there's a bunch of noise and people are down here on the altars and they're shouting and leaping. Half the time you don't even see them again for another month. It's because the noise is not the key. It's not how loud we shout and I'm all for shouting. It's not how much, listen, the other night when Doug Lott said so, I almost took off running. I felt the power of God. It's not how long we run in the spirit or dance around this place it's not about the noise it's about the breath Amen. that army would have never died if it didn't run out of breath period i'm the only one that thought that point was awesome when i was studying today i was like yeah how come the army died to begin with they ran out of breath what's going to happen to us if the lord tarries eventually we're going to breathe our last breath no more breath means death all right i just want you to set this up noise is not it I'm all for noise. I really am. I sometimes wish this church would understand what assembly of God means. Like we need to go back and read people of the spirit. It does not mean we are just these chill little church mouse people. It means we're bold as lions. Okay? We wanted God to move. Verse 8. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath. Now stop. This is where most of us stop, right here. God begins to work in us. 
He begins to get shaped back in us. We begin to think we're doing the right things. All of a sudden, reading the Word again is awesome. All of a sudden, praying again is awesome. And we have this form of a Christian. And we think, we're going to really do it this time, Lord. Yeah, you've touched me. You've breathed and you've met this. That's miraculous, by the way. Wouldn't you agree with me? Am I speaking in German or not or something? I mean, this dude is seeing bones popping and coming from dust to live army in front of him. That's pretty miraculous. And that's exactly where all of us stop. We're like, well, God touched me tonight in service. The end. That is not the end. That is the beginning. When we leave here tonight, if you get what I'm trying to say and I'm praying God helps me, when you leave here tonight, you're going to stop praying, Lord, I'm going to do better. And you're going to start saying, Lord, I want the Holy Spirit back in my life. I want that freshness with you. I want it to be an overflow of the Holy Spirit, not out of desire. I want to love your house, but I'm not going to try to make myself love your house. I'm going to love your house because I'm in love with you. The Spirit of God. This is just an army of bones if the Spirit is not alive in us. We shouldn't have to tell you things that should convict you. That's behavior modification. But when He's breathing His life and the Word is jumping at you because the Spirit is reading it to you, you don't have to tell somebody that. The Holy Spirit will show them. Amen? Look at nine. We're almost done, too. We're going to be early. Some of you are going to be happy. Because you get to go please your flesh. Then He said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind... Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up there upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. The breath is the Holy Spirit. And I want you to look at these last four verses. Why did he ask Ezekiel, Can these bones live? Then he said unto me, These bones are the house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, our hope is lost, and we are cut off for our part. Stop there. Psych. Just kidding. And as I was studying this, the Lord just laid on my heart, this is where most Christians are. They don't really believe that he can free them from sin. They don't really believe that they can have a vibrant prayer life. They don't really believe that when the Holy Spirit gets in, they can become great witnesses. They don't really believe all the bondages right now in their life can really drop down. They don't really believe they've lost hope. That's why it was even in the prophet's heart. That's why God asked him to begin with, hey, can they live? That hopelessness had taken over him. You guys listen to me. I know there's, I don't know what's going on. Probably the church is on fire. People are coming in and out. I I expect warfare, by the way. Stay with me. There's never been a message that I feel like is more important for us. Because we are frustrated and we are tired and we're trying to tell ourselves, well, I should love to come to class and I should love to come to church, but I don't. And we realize there's a problem. It even got in the preacher, Mark. God, God could have just said, hey, you see these bones prophesied of the wind. That's normally what would have happened. This time he said, hey, Ezekiel, Can all this dead stuff live? That question was piercing. We overread it a lot of times. Hey, Evangel, I'm going to ask you a question. Can everything dead in your life live tonight? 
Can you, you really believe that you can actually take his yoke upon you, his burden is easy, his yoke is light, and really live tonight? Don't be like the, the church. That's Israel was symbolic of the church and say we've lost hope. Really? I, I heard so many Christians now acting like, well, things are just going to get worse and worse. And they are. And they're saying, because it's right there in the Bible. But they act like the church has to lose its power and we have to hide under a cave and just hold on till Jesus comes. No. No. The darker it gets, the brighter the light. You know, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm really hoping that if, if something doesn't change, I'm hoping persecution comes on, the, on the America. I'm hoping they come after our things. We will definitely start relying on the Holy Spirit then. Yeah, nobody really wants that. We want to live to our flesh, but we want to have the power with God. And there's the rub. I want to see you have a life of peace and the real life of Christ. And I want it to be so much that it overflows from you and touches everybody around you. Not because you have to be like, I should try to be witnessing more. I should try to this. Just because it comes out of you because that's who you are now. There's a fresh breath in you. And I love this. Look at verse 12. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, I love how God does it. There they are hopeless and thinking nothing's going to happen. And he says, behold, my people, I will open your graves. Some of you have been spiritually dead for a long time. You've been at every church service, but on the inside, you're as dead as in the grave. There's no flow from you. And he says, and I'll cause you to come up out of your grave and bring the land of Israel. Now verse 13 is one of my favorites about the Holy Spirit. And you shall know that I'm the Lord, and I've opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves. Sorry, 14. Um, and shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live. I will place you in your own land. They shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it, performed it. So, everybody stand with me. Here's how we're going to end this service tonight. He said, I'm going to put my spirit in you. You're not going to earn him. It's all by Jesus. You're not going to tomorrow just say, I'm going to try better. I'm telling you, you got to buy into what I'm saying. We cannot walk according to the flesh anymore because if we do, we can't please God. We need the Holy Spirit to come back in our lives. And listen, what happened to the church that talked about Jesus? If we just modify our behavior, we just have a form of godliness but deny the power. That's what God spoke to me today. It hit me between the eyes. He was like, hey, everybody in there says they believe in the power of God. But if they're not careful, they'll look like those bones. And they'll just stand there and they'll say, oh, we believe in the power of God. But we're dead and we're lifeless and there's no power in us. And we will deny the very power that was bought for us through the blood of Jesus. There's power to not. The Holy Spirit wants to come in. He wants those things that you know are wrong with you. He wants to just show you how easy he can fix them. He'll even make you do things you didn't even think you wanted to do. Once you start doing it, you'll find out that's what you were made to do. Listen to me. If you think you can worship without the Holy Spirit, that is such just a... 
That's a learned thing. I watched them at a Michael Jackson concert. It was one, an old one from the 80s. Those girls were lifting their hands and oh, they were swaying. It was the most fake worship I've ever seen. The devil was getting worship. I'm serious. And no, don't go say, I said, Michael Jackson's the devil. He's over the worship. That's what happens in church. The beat gets going. People that hadn't even talked to God in three weeks raise their hands and start singing along. I'm like, this is not Michael Jackson. Like, this is not a concert. This is about the Holy Spirit. They that worship the Father must worship Him in spirit and in truth. you got to say, Holy Spirit, I want to take my worship to the next level. I want to know why I lift my hands. I know why I lift mine. You better know why you want to lift yours. The Holy Spirit will talk to you. He'll lead you and He'll guide you. There will be things that come out of your heart as you're worshiping in the Spirit that all of a sudden it'll be with somebody else. You'll be like, whoa, this is amazing. Like we are united in the Spirit as one. It'll come out of your mouth, glory or hallelujah or worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy to receive blessings and honor and glory and all power to him that sits on the throne and under the Lamb. And all of a sudden, worship begins to bubble out of your heart to God. And it's so, it's not synthetic, it's the real. It's truth. What's wrong with the church? I've wrestled. I, I even, I'll be honest with y'all, I gave up that there was even going to be a last day revival in America. I almost just said, I'm just going to try to keep the ones we got serving God and make sure they make their rapture. That's my goal. God knew that. It's a shame to say that, but that's what my heart was. I said, I'm just going to try to keep the ones here encouraged to serve God, try to get them to try like I was trying. And that's when the Lord spoke to me and said, hey, you're trying to perfect the flesh. Let the Holy Spirit bring his life and peace. And when he came, he told me some things that he wanted me to change about me. And instead of me trying to change him, I said, well, then you've got to help me change him. And he has. Some of you just need him to breathe on you. I don't know what all walks we have and what all kind of churches you come from. You might think I'm weird talking about speaking in tongues. It's right in your Bible. Just read it. I don't, I'm not going to try to convince you. But a lot of people look like that army without the breath. The next level in your Christian walk is the next level of the spirit. I said this earlier, but I want to say it one more time before we come. If I ask everybody before service, how many of you guys know you need more love? Everybody be like, well, how are you going to get it? I'm going to try harder because you wouldn't say that, but that's what you're going to say because that's what I would have said. But see, I thought a fruit, which means it has to cultivate and it has to develop, of the Spirit is love. So if the Spirit of God, Hoss, is living down inside me and He's living here now and I'm after His will and I'm walking in the Spirit and I'm asking Him every day, hey, Holy Spirit, I want you involved in my everyday life. I want you to do everything that needs to be done to make me look like Christ, basically. And the sign that he's living in me now is his fruit is love and joy. All the things we want as believers. We want it, but we don't want the Holy Spirit for some reason. Going back to the selfie series, we're trying to impress God and say we're worthy of God and we're trying to work our fingers to the bones to get the approval of God. There's no such thing. 
We've been approved completely through Jesus Christ. We are heirs and joy. Read Romans 8, the rest of it. I challenge you tonight. Get along with Romans 8. It is amazing. We are heirs and joint heirs. And he even says the Spirit of God will speak to Stephen Kaiser and say, You can call him Abba, Father. You have every right to say Abba, Father. And listen, I've read... I've read some guys talk about that means daddy and all this weird stuff. Listen, no, it does. And I read from a, a Jew that's Messianic Jew. That word Abba means I'm yours and it's a reverence. It ain't no Mount Olive daddy. It's, it's way more than that. It's I am yours, Father. I, I am yours. Abba, Father. That means you have bought me. I am 100% yours. I'm 100% believing that anything I say to Abba, he's going to do. Just come give Daddy a big hub. Abba, Father. I hear that and I'm like, if I'm in the audience, I'm feeling really weird right there. Because that's not how God is. He's awesome. He, he's, he's liquid love. God is love. He's flowing love. And he's not just some daddy in the corner. He's father to be reverenced. And he wants to be so close. The spirit of God, if you'll get him inside you, will show you you can call him Abba and mean it. He's not like a temporary fill-in. He's the real deal. He bought you. Amen? I want you to come down here tonight if you're willing. And I, I can't stand when people sit back and they know they should come forward. So if God's dealing with you, I want you to come forward. But I want us, they're going to put music on. Who cares what the music is? I want you to ask God. We're not going to lay hands on you. I want you to ask God to show you everywhere you're trying to please Him in the flesh. And to ask the Holy Spirit to come. To, listen, I didn't have any anxiety before I walked in here tonight. I didn't even know that's why I was such a grouch at church. Bethany was like, you turn into a super grouch at church. We leave home, you're laughing, you're goofing around. And I realized when I, God showed me this, I began to pray and say, Spirit, why am I a grouch? And I flipped it and we had like 400 Joyce Myers DVR'd. Bethany is obsessed apparently. And I picked one out of the million after God spoke this to me. And Joyce Myers said she tried to make herself not gruff and blunt and all this. And she said she realized, I mean, right after God spoke, it was just confirmation to me that she said she learned she had to let the Lord soften her. And God showed me the reason I'm kind of on edge is because I don't really fully trust that he's Abba and he's in control of the service. So I get anxiety. So today when I felt that anxiety starting to creep up before I preached to you guys tonight, I just said, Holy Spirit, help me with my anxiety. Let me tell you guys something that are married. You ask the Holy Spirit to come make you the husband that loves your wife, and you will see huge changes. Listen, I, it, it works that way. I would see husbands, and I'd be like, dang, I need to be more like this. And I would try to make myself that. I'd even say, man, Bethany deserves a husband like this. I am like that. And, and I, it wore me out. Same with her. Wife, submit yourself in, to your husband. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. That love's only found through the Holy Spirit. I don't even know why I'm talking about this, but it's true. I walked in today and gave her, I know she was sick, a big cinnamon bun. I was like, this is the jackpot, baby. 
where I would have normally even not even thought about her. I said, I'm sorry you're sick and hope you feel better and I'd have gone to church. You, you might think that's crazy and too honest and open, but he'll change you. He'll change you. Like where you really are somebody different. You're really Christ on this planet like he intended. Think about what happens if all of us catch this tonight. Think about what our life looks like next week and the next week. Think about the fruit that will come of this. Think about the people that aren't here that you should have texted that you didn't even think about texting because you're trying to fix you. And now you can text them and call them and encourage them because now the Holy Spirit's fixing you so you can work on other things.